0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن في خلق السماوات والأرض وإختلاف في الليل والنهار لآيات لأولي الألباب Alladzina yadhkuruna allaha qiyaman wa qi'udan wa ala junubihim wa yatefakkaruna fii khalqis samawati wal arad Rabbana maa khalaqtahadha subhanaka faqinaa azabannaar Sadakallahu al-Azim Most respected Allah-u-Kiram, brothers and elders The purpose of this little gathering that we have is nothing but to remind ourselves and refresh the lessons that we keep listening to in terms of what our object of life is, what our direction is, what our destination is, what we are supposed to be focusing on in order to get to our destination safely. So these yeah. gatherings are nothing but a reminder. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, That's remind for verily a reminder is beneficial for the believers. It's very important that the words that are said are said for the same intention. What we listen to is also heard for the same purpose. The intention is to give a reminder to ourselves and to take the reminder. So in this regard, the entire Qur'an Sharif is a reminder for us. All the Ahadith of Rasulullah are reminders for us. And then Allah Ta'ala, through His servants, throughout the ages has created numerous reminders for us. In any case, in the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, These are the ayat that Rasulullah ﷺ would recite the first thing in the morning when he would wake up for Tahajjud Salah. صلى. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, after having got out of his bed, the first thing he would recite is these, are these ayat. He would look out towards the heavens, towards the skies, and he would I recite these verses. On one occasion, one sahabi came to, Rasool, to Hazrat Aisha Siddiqah, and he inquired from her that what was the most astounding thing that you saw about Rasulullah So she said that everything about him was amazing. Where is it possible to Isolate something that this was amazing and not that. Everything was extremely amazing. Everything was a means of great inspiration, a means of lesson. He said, but nevertheless, one night Rasulullah ﷺ came. And then for a short while, it was in her home, her turn. So he lay down beside me. And then he said that, allow me to go and worship my Rabb. Can we imagine that this is the Rasul of Allah wa ta'ala, the most beloved of Allah the greatest of all the Anbiya and all the Rasuls of Allah being on the highest level of taqwa once some people discussed among themselves some sahaba ikram discussed among themselves that we are nowhere close to the category of Rasulullah Sallallahu He is that personality who Allah Ta'ala has made ma'soom and sinless. So in other words, if Rasulullah Sallallahu for example, if he takes a rest, then it's fine for him because he's already, Allah Ta'ala has forgiven him. But we have a very, very long, arduous journey ahead. If Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam engages in certain other aspects, it's in order for him but not for us. So as a result, one of them said, As of today, I am never going to sleep at night. The whole night I am going to perform ibadat. Every night. The other person said, I will fast every day of my life. Not a single day I will ever not fast. The third person said, I am never going to get married. Nabi islam came to know about this. And he called them. He said, are you the people who said these kind of things? He said, yes. And he tried to explain that this was the background to it. We felt that you are the masoom Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. But we are not. And we have a lot to earn for the Akhirat. We have to make a great deal of effort for the Akhirat. In order to make this journey of the Akhirat safe for ourselves, we decided to do this. Nabi SAW said that I have the greatest fear of Allah Ta'ala compared to all of you. And I have the greatest amount of taqwa. And with that I sleep and I also engage in the ibadat of Allah. Ta'ala. Some time of the night is in ibadat and some time of the night is in resting also. I some days fast and some days I don't fast also, In terms of the nafil fast. And some days I fast and some days I don't fast also. And I'm also married. I've also married. So in other words, that these are not aspects that are going to negate a person's ability to, to get to Allah Taala safely. No, all these things are part of din. But in all this, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi the aspect that we are discussing right now, he said, I have the greatest level of taqwa. And I'm the closest to Allah Taala of all of you. But despite that, on this occasion, Nabi sallallahu alaihi sallam is taking the permission of his wife to make the ibadat of Allah ta'ala, nafil ibadat. Because it was her night, it was her turn. And therefore, he is giving her due consideration. It is time for, he wants to make the nafil ibadat of Allah ta'ala, but it is her right also. Can we imagine the level of taqwa that permeates every aspect of life? Not only some things of life. Sometimes our taqwa is confined to the masjid. Somebody asks Abdullah ibn Umar about the reward of performing salah in the first saf. Now subhanAllah a very, very great reward in the Hadith Sharif it comes that in Allahabamala ala awal. The same virtue we read about in the Quran Sharif, in Allah and His Malaika, they send salutations upon Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu says, Allah and the Malaika shower down Rahmat. Allah Ta'ala showers down His Rahmat. And the Malaika make dua of Maghfirat for those who are in the first Saf. It's a very great virtue this is. But when this person asked Ibn Umar Now sometimes Allah inspires a certain answer Based on what is really needed For the person asking And perhaps He realized that this person needed Some specific advice In in regard to some issue So he said to him You make sure That your bread is halal Then even if you read namaz in the last Saf it's okay Make sure your risk and your sustenance bread, he meant, your earnings. Make sure what you are earning is 100% halal. Then if you are performing salah, the last too is fine. What he meant actually, it wasn't in any way trying to say to the, anybody that don't worry about the virtue of the first self. That was not what was meant. That this is something to be discarded or neglected. Or don't worry about trying for it. No, he was highlighting that look, don't just appease yourself that well, if I'm in the first self, then everything is fine. Then what I do outside doesn't matter. No, try for the first self also, but don't appease yourself with that. That if I'm in the first self, then I'm a super Muslim. Then how I conduct my dealings, what is my social life all about, what is my akhlaq, all that doesn't matter. No. Together with that, then also, this first stuff will also have greater benefit for you. Otherwise, even if it means that in order to earn a halal living, you are going about it in such a careful way, that sometimes you end up performing your salah in the last stuff also, inshallah you there, you in the masjid, that too is fine. But then make an effort to come to the first stuff also. But the priority, that the first stuff, mashallah, this is sunnat, it is mustahab, it is an act of great faveelah, but making sure that the earnings is halal is farz. So sometimes a person is much, much, shallah, engaged in a lot of optional aspects. But the farais are being, being neglected. So Rasulullah sallallahu <laughs> الله عليه came into the house of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Then he lay down beside her and then he asked her that do you permit me to make the ibadat? I wish to make the ibadat of my rabb. Aisha al reply, she says, I love your closeness and I love what pleases you. Every word of these people was a lesson. Subhanallah, how she, and this was not something she, she had time to prepare this answer in her mind. This was spontaneous. And this was the Kamal of Adab. One was to just say, well fine, carry on. That too was a kind of, so to say, indifference. And the other is to say no. That was to stop Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from worshipping Allah Ta'ala. How she combined both. That I love to be close to you. But at the same time, I love what pleases you. And this is the moment you want to worship Allah Ta'ala, then I'm happy with that. So then she says, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam got up. He went, he performed wudu and then he came and then he performed, started performing his salah. And then he, in his salah he began weeping so much that his beard became wet. And then according to one narration after Nabi s.a.w. went to sajda he wept so much the ground became wet. And then he continued in this manner till it was fajr time. Eventually at the time of Fajr, Hazrat Bilal came and he saw Rasulullah s.a.w. in this condition and he sees him that he has been obvious weeping the whole night. So, Bilal now said to Rasulullah wasallam that why are you undertaking this upon yourself? And why are you crying so much? Whereas Allah ta'ala has forgiven everything about you. Allah ta'ala has made you masoom and sinless. But the lesson in that for us is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was masum and sinless, and this was the extent he cried. How much do we have any kind of feeling about what is our condition in front of Allah Ta'ala? So in any case, when Hazrat Bilal radiallahu mentioned this, Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam responded, Afala akunu abdan shakura. that yes, this is the case, what you have said. So does that not require that I should be a grateful slave to Allah Ta'ala? that if Allah Ta'ala showered a bounty upon me, this is the gratitude. This is the gratitude that I am engaging myself even more in the worship of Allah Ta'ala. And unfortunately, our condition is that when more ni'mat come, we get so involved in the ni'mat itself that we forget the giver. Sometimes when a person has lesser, then he remembers Allah Ta'ala more. And sometimes when he gets more, more he gets so involved in what came that he forgets the, the giver. He forgets the benefactor. He forgets Allah Ta'ala. So, Nabi Islam said that, this is, should I not be a grateful servant of Allah Ta'ala? And then he said, and why should I not cry? After all this ayat and these verses of the Quran Sharif have been revealed upon me last night. liman <laughs> fiha. That woe be unto that person who read these ayat and did not ponder over them, reflect over them. And as part of this reflection, these were the ayat that Nabi Islam recited first thing in the morning. Before he even went to make wudu, etc. for tahajjud, already he is reciting these ayat daily, every morning. Inna La Allah Talai is saying in the Qur'an Sharif that verily in the creations of the heavens and the earth now there are so many ayat in the Qur'an Sharif that draw the attention of insan towards the creations of the heaven and the earth and the heavens and the earth obviously everything in between also comes away alongside But especially the heavens and the earth, these vast creations, we put a small little roof, we have to have so many pillars to hold it. We have to have walls on all sides. And if it is a little bit more, a bigger space that has to be covered, all kinds of steel and whatnot has to go into the place. And this vast sky from one end to the other, from east to west, from north to south, and... Not one single pillar holding it aloft. What is holding it aloft? bi Everything is being held only by the command of Allah Taala. Allah Taala's command is holding it there. Inna samawati wal arda antazula. Allah Taala alone is holding the sky where it is and preventing the earth from shaking completely. And if Allah Ta'ala removes this command of it staying still, then nobody will be able to hold it still. All these superpowers of the earth, so-called superpowers also will all fail. They'll be powerless to do anything. So these things are mentioned in the Quran Sharif. It's not just for the sake of some kind of scientific facts or something. It's meant for this insan, for this mu'min to ponder over these ayat. And the interchanging of night and day. One is how night comes and day goes. If a person comes into a room and he switches on the light, instantly he sees, okay, it was dark now, now it's light. But day and night, there's such a gradual overlap that before a person realizes it, it was, he's, he doesn't even make out when it, when it slipped away, when the day slipped away and when the night slipped in. And how this interchanging takes place in the seasons, in the summer months, the day is longer, the nights are shorter, in the winter months, it turns around the other way. And then that precision with which this interchanging takes place, year in and year out, to the millisecond, that sun sets at that time, on that particular day, on that time of the year, and it rises on that particular moment, at that day, In that time of the year, not a fraction of a second does it go off. That insan has he pondered over this vast machinery of Allah Ta'ala. And not one day did that son have to go to the workshop somewhere to get some kind of servicing. Some part of the mechanism has now become a bit faulty or it needs some oil, it needs something. This machinery of Allah Ta'ala is continuing in its work for centuries upon centuries and millenniums have passed and not one day that it go off by the fraction of a second and the day will come when the sun will rise and as it rises Allah will say that you set from the direction that you came it will rise from the west and it will go back from where it came. That will be the sign, one of the major signs of Qiyamah, that now it's now almost there. <laughs> Daily it rises from the east, a day will come, and Allah will cause it to rise from the west. But when that happens, it means now that this is now closing down. But up to that moment, that precision... And someone gets so excited about one computer, forget one computer, one small phone, and the technology involved in that phone. Has he pondered over this? Then after a few days, that too is he now outdated. When it came out, he said this was the ultimate. The ultimate means there's nothing beyond it. But six months later, they found something else was ultimate. So this ultimate became non-ultimate. And another six months later, that ultimate also is gone. And then after one month of... View, Few months of using it, that too now needs to be serviced. Something went haywire with it. And Allah's machinery is working, and that moon is shining, and those stars and those galaxies. This is all meant for a person, for this insan, to reflect over this, and recognize the Creator. Not just for the sake of some kind of entertainment or some this scientific observation. No, Allah Ta'ala wants that we should recognize who is the creator of all this. nahar, la ayatil albab. Allah Ta'ala says in all these things are signs. Like how a person sees a signboard, that here you turn left, you'll go in a certain direction. The destination is certain place. And if you turn this right, this is the destination. So the signboards take a person to a destination. Likewise, all these things are signs. And the destination that he takes a person to, if he uses that signboard correctly, it will take him to the destination of the ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala. To the recognition of Allah Ta'ala. Provided he reads that sign correctly. And he then takes the route accordingly. Allah Ta'ala says, these are signs for who? ulil Baab, For those who have intelligence. Now the Qur'an Sharif is talking about people who have intelligence. In the world, many different people are called intelligent, but in the light of the ayat of the Quran, Sharif, the person who has not recognized Allah Taala is a complete jahil, and if he is rejected Allah Taala, he is committing kufr. He can be having a string of PhDs, can have hundred PhDs, but he is a complete jahil. Totally foolish, and he doesn't have one iota of intelligence because all that string and hundred PhDs has not made him understand and realize and recognize the most fundamental and essential reality. That all this entire universe could it have just come out from nowhere? There has to be a creator, and there can only be one creator of all this vast kingdom and this creation. Because if there was more than one creator of all the sun and moons and, and, and heavens and earths, then Allah Ta'ala says that had there been many creators, lafasadata, there would have been total chaos in this whole universe. One, na'uzu if there was more than one deity, one would decide that tomorrow it must rain, and the other would decide that tomorrow it must not rain. What's, what's going to happen? One would decide that it should be night now, and the other would decide it will be day. So Allah Taala says, Lafa There would have been total chaos and corruption on the heavens and earth. It's only one Allah, one one Creator. And he's controlling this whole universe. So Allah Taala wants us to recognize Him, and Allah Taala is saying that this is for the people of intelligence. That if a person has recognized Allah Taala, that's a sign of intelligence. Otherwise, all these things, things, things of dunya, this is just these are experiences. And even an animal also gains by experience. That animal is born. It didn't go to any school. But in a short while, it understands that if somebody is carrying a stick, it must go far away. If somebody is carrying something like grass in his hand, he'll probably get something to eat. It learned by experience. It didn't go to any school. And in fact, the creation of Allah Ta'ala is beyond what schools can teach. The Qur'an Sharif Allah Ta'ala draws our attention that, وَأُوْحَا رَبُّكَ إِلَى nahl Look at the honey bee. Look at how it makes its entire hive. Look at the system in that hive. Look at the distribution of duties. There are those bees that are purely on guard duty. There are those bees that will go and fetch the nectar. There are those bees who have certain other tasks. The complete system that is there in that one hive and how everything works. Allah Ta'ala is inviting this insan to think about... In the Quran Sharif, Allah ta'ala is saying... Think about this. There is Ibrat in this. So here again Allah Ta'ala says... The the intelligent ones. What is a sign of the intelligence of a person? That he is not ghafil of Allah ta'ala. That he is not unmindful. He doesn't forget Allah Ta'ala. Rather everything brings him closer to Allah ta'ala. Therefore Allah ta'ala says... Who are the intelligent people... The intelligent ones are those who remember Allah Ta'ala. And how much? Once in a while? No. Standing, sitting, reclining. Meaning, in all conditions and at all times. And at all conditions, in all conditions, at all times. Yes. So a person is eating now. Must he also be reciting Tazbi at that time? No, his eating will become the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. He will start off by eating in the name of Allah Ta'ala. When eating, he will be conscious that I am eating what is halal only. When eating, he will be wanting to eat in the way that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught. He will be fulfilling the sunnahs of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He will be eating and he will be making the shukukuk of Allah Ta'ala. This Allah Ta'ala blessed me with. It's not my work and my earning and my effort... Allah Ta'ala willed it that it came. Otherwise, nothing could have reached me. That eating of his also became the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. That eating became a means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. He will sleep, but he will sleep in the way that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam thought. Fulfilling the adabs, fulfilling the sunnats. He will go to sleep reminding himself that I might never wake up from full sleep. I might be gone to the akhirat. So I must make toba among the various du'as would rec- he would recite before sleeping he would put his right cheek on his right palm and he would recite three times Allahumma qini azabak yawma ibadak Allahumma qini azabak Allah save me from your azab the day you will resurrect your servants a person going to sleep the next thing is he might be in his grave and then he'll get resurrected on the day of qiyamat this is the lesson and this is the message Nabi Wasallam is teaching Despite being masum and sinless, he is making this dua as a lesson for the Ummad. Allah, save me from your adab. the day you will resurrect your servants. I am sleeping now, I don't know whether I will wake up in dunya or or, or now I will wake up in akhirat. It's possible I might not wake up in dunya now. I might wake up in akhirat. How often it happens? Person went to sleep, he never woke up. I was buried. He will wake up in akhirat now. So Allah أَلَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ And they ponder and reflect over the creation of the heavens and earth. They ponder over all this. Meaning everything they see around it, and them, they make this a means of getting closer to Allah ta'ala. So, Abu Darda ta'ala. An, somebody asked his wife, what is his ibadat? She says, the bulk of his ibadat is tadabbur his main ibadat is, he just sits and contemplates about Allah Ta'ala, about the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, about the various creation Allah Ta'ala has created, and about the things to take him closer to Allah Ta'ala. The sahaba used to do this. One Sahabi used to go sometimes, Ibn Umar, perhaps it was, he would go into the areas where there's some ruins now. Previously, there, perhaps, people were staying there, and just ruins, nothing there. Deserted areas, now there's some broken houses and some things. And he would stand there and he would shout out, Aina ahluk. He's talking to the place. If somebody had to go and do something of this nature, if we had to see somebody doing that, you say, You don't know something wrong with this person. But they they knew something beyond us. He's standing there and he's saying, Aina ahluk, where's all your people? You had one time we a bustling place. There was so much of activity here. Hustle and bustle carrying on here. People coming and going and so many things were happening and there was laughter and there was so many other things going on. Where's everyone? And then after having asked the question, nobody did answer obviously. And he would give the answer himself. Kullu shayin hali illa wajha. Everything is going to perish. Only Allah will remain. Already in dunya, in front of our eyes, these things have perished. One day we won't be here too. And one day this entire universe will be also completely destroyed. Only Allah Taala will remain. Kullu shayin halikun illa wajha. Now this was a means of the same tafakkur. That Look at this today. Once upon a time it was what it was. What it is now. Likewise today I am building castles in the air. Whatever I am doing. But tomorrow I am going to be in the grave also. All what I am doing is also one day going to be ruins. Allah Ya Sakina Al Qasril Mu'allah Satudfanu An Qareebin Fit Turabi Lahu Malakwi Yunadi Kulla Yawm Lidu Lil Maut Wabnu Lil Kharabi Imam so, Shafi Rahmatullah Ali says, He's addressing, Oh you who are living in huge palaces and so on, kings, whatever Satudfanu An Qareebin Fit Turabi Very soon you are going to be buried under the sand Says, Lahu yunadi that There's an angel that calls out daily, Lidu, That bring about progeny, but for what? For them to die. That bring pupu progeny, but realize what you're doing. You're bringing some child who one day is going to be passing away. You two are going to go. lil And build for it to become a ruin. Build. But remember that this is going to come down. One day is going to be a ruin. In other words, don't make it your abode. Use it. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed. In a halal way, it's a ni'mat. But don't forget the akhirat. Don't make this the object. Don't make this the destination and the focus. Focus is ahead. This tafakkur. This tafakkur is something which we generally neglect. And this is something to train the mind to keep thinking in a way that every instant situation from time to time becomes a means of turning the attention to Allah Ta'ala. Now we see some people go to visit ruins, they go to for sightseeing and touring to see ruins. What? Okay, this is how it was now, now the Romans and whatever else. It was Khalas. So what we achieved out of that? But these people saw something in ruins. But what, what was the end result? That sight brought them closer to Allah. Ta'ala. That Today this is in ruins. Tomorrow I will be also gone. What I am busy building to will be in ruins one day. Incident of Hazrat Rabia Basriya Rahmatullahi which we discussed many times that roasted chicken was presented in front of her but first her mind went somewhere else. She started crying. Somebody asked her, what are you crying for? She said, no, I'm looking at this chicken and my mind went away somewhere else. It's fine, it's Taala's ni'mat something to make shukar for. But their hearts were so conditioned to keep thinking in a different direction, in the direction of akhirat. As soon as I saw this, I thought that how fortunate this chicken is. Alhamdulillah, it was first slaughtered correctly in the name of Allah. Taala. It was slotted, so his life was out now. After its life was out, only then it was roasted. So it didn't feel anything now, its life was over. So it's very fortunate that it was first slaughtered, And after its life was out, now it was roasted. Allah forbid, if I get thrown into Jahannam, I'll be roasted alive. Now, our mind, when we see the chicken, we just wonder that what's coming along with it. Are the extras? Fine, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with that na'mad to eat. We make shukar on that. That too will take a put closer to Allah Ta'ala. But at the same time, a lesson for us to take from these people's lives. And Wahab ibn Munabbah he used to say that this is the noor of the heart. This is what lightens the heart. Can we imagine if that heart is all the time thinking only in terms of dunya? All the time thinking about just amassing dunya. And this is how to turn the numbers. And this how to... After that, one is to turn the numbers, but okay, in a halal way. That too, constantly thinking about that too is not a healthy thing at all. But then can we imagine now, the person is plotting and planning how to do things in a wrong way. Oh, he is planning sin. He is contemplating how he is going to go somewhere and what haram is going to do there. What that does to the heart then? What kind of darkness and zulmat and what kind of hardness it brings into the heart, and how it destroys the heart. This is the light of the heart. This livens the heart. This softens the heart. This makes the heart more conscious of Allah Ta'ala. And then the person now finds it much more easier to move closer to Allah Ta'ala in the form of ibadat, in the form of a'mal. And when a person will keep contemplating in this way, he will contemplate and think and ponder over the greatness of Allah wa ta'ala and he will think about the sifat of Allah ta'ala Allah ta'ala's power, Allah ta'ala's might and when this settles deep in the heart he will not be able to disobey Allah ta'ala so this is the aspect, this is the message and the lesson in these ayat, that to contemplate وَيَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي Samawati wal وَالْأَرْضِ and after having pondered and contemplated they so to say shout out from within themselves in other words, this just comes out from every paw of their body. Ya Allah, you have not created all this just in vain. You have not created this just in, without any object, without any purpose, just as a kind of amusement for anyone. Subhanak. Ya Allah, we express your purity from anything, from doing anything just in vain. You are beyond doing anything just in vain. Every thing that you have done is filled with every bit of wisdom. And you have created all these huge creations to make this instant recognize you. That if this is the creation, what is the creator? We can never imagine. And therefore we have been forbidden from trying to contemplate in the being of Allah Ta'ala. Because that is beyond our, our mind. Not one fraction of that can come in our mind. But yes, we can recognize Allah from His attributes that He has manifested, from His qudrat. Allah created all this with His qudrat. By observing all these things, we can recognize the infinite might of Allah His power. So, Rabbana ma khalaktahada Subhanak. Now that we have recognized Allah, when a person has recognized Allah, that all this is not in vain, he immediately is concerned. Ya Allah, I have now recognized you. First thing, Faqina Azaab An nar Allah, I cannot bear the fire of Jahannam. Ya Allah, you save me from the fire of Jahannam. I want to go to Jannah. I have recognized you. Please take me to Jannah. So, this contemplation has to be in everything. As we repeatedly say, whatever halal, ta'ala blesses a person with, mashaAllah, make shukr upon that. Use it in the correct way use it in a way to gain the closeness of Allah Ta'ala, that too is na'mat upon ni'mat But, the gaze should be towards Allah Ta'ala. There are many pious people, when they would see something very, very attractive, something catches the eye, some beautiful mansion, some car, whatever it might be. So, find whoever is been blessed with that namat, it's a namat for him. He got it in a halal way. He's using it correctly. He's not being boastful and proud over it. It's namat for him. But for the person who now suddenly saw it, immediately they would decide, Allahumma la Aisha illa Aisha Akhirah. Allah, the real life is a life of Akhirat. These are all temporary things. Now, what immediately turned the heart towards Akhirat? immediately connecting the heart to Allah Ta'ala. This is the need. This is our need. And the heart, heart is king. That this greatness of Allah Ta'ala, this recognition of Allah Ta'ala settles in the heart. We have recognized dunya, we have recognized all things around us, but we have not yet recognized. Alhamdulillah, we perform our salat. So we do various amal, but the marifat of Allah Ta'ala we are still far away from. As a result, where this shows, when suddenly we are at a crossroads Everything is going fine Then it's alright But suddenly we are in some crossroads There's a major temptation There's a deal that is haram now But very lucrative It's a five-run deal Everybody says, oh, it's haram, it." But if suddenly there's five million coming You say, well, I think somebody gave a fatwa That it was permissible I'll find out later Just do it now so first we'll do it and then we'll look for a fatwa. Now this, if this ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala is there, then it'll be a different matter altogether. So this is the aspect to develop this ma'rifat, to develop this recognition of Allah Ta'ala. And then the concern in everything will be, first concern is my Allah pleased. Whatever else happens, that's next. But is Allah pleased? And if Allah Ta'ala is displeased, I would have nothing to do with it. And then he doesn't want to cut corners. He wants to be super safe. Allah Ta'ala must be pleased with me. So this is the effort that we have to make. This is the purpose of all these efforts to bring this recognition of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts and to permeate every act of our life with this marifat and this recognition of Allah Ta'ala so that we do everything in a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us and our dunya also becomes a place of success. And the real success is the akhirat. May Allah give us the tawfiqeek. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.